What's good podcast is Houston and heading into the weekend. I want to drop a super short episode of the podcast on you that deals with a common refrain. I hear from creators all the time when I talk to them about super story. Now at this point in my career, I feel like I've heard almost every objection you can possibly imagine, but this one I think is one of the most dangerous. Anyway, I thought this could help someone. Hope you enjoy it. Have an awesome weekend. And listen, guys, if this podcast is bringing you any value at all, I really, really encourage you guys to go subscribe and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We're really making a good, detailed, distinct push on Apple Podcasts. So uh, it just really helps if you guys subscribe, rate, and review. Have an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Listen, guys, I completely understand that there are so many people out there, so many writers out there, so many filmmakers out there, so many novelists out there uh, that aren't on board with multi-platform creation. They're not on board with transmedia. They're not on board with Superstory. And they really fight me all the time when it comes to my encouragement of what opportunities are out there by embracing more of a multi-platform model. So I'm completely used to it. Uh, I get it. And I get about every objection you can possibly imagine. But talking with entrepreneurs, talking with uh, musicians and music producers, talking with board game designers, screenwriters, novelists, the people that I think I get most pushback from are the screenwriters, uh, the filmmakers, but really the screenwriters in particular uh, about the Superstory model. And what I hear so many times is, yeah, Houston, I get it. I get the games, I get the comics, I get all what you're saying, but Tarantino didn't do that. Nora Ephron didn't do that. Chris Nolan didn't do that when they broke in. So why do I have to do it? And this, I think, is is such a dangerous mode of thinking simply because the world is so different now than when those tremendous filmmakers, tremendous screenwriters broke into the industry. But one, listen guys, uh, first of all, um, Tarantino and Chris Nolan and some of your favorite screenwriters have used multi-platform approaches and you just didn't know it. I mean, some of my favorite transmedia comes uh, from Chris Nolan and Tarantino. One of my one of my favorite stories is is how Tarantino uh, couldn't get his uh, the sequel to Django Unchained uh, made into a movie, so he published it as a comic book. It's Django slash Zorro, the official canonized sequel to Django Unchained, which is awesome. He couldn't tell his story as a movie, then he ex- so he extended his IP into comic books. In the same way, any fan of Chris Nolan's movie Interstellar would be happy to know that there is a comic book that extends 
that movie in a really cool way. In that movie, uh, Matthew McConaughey is not the first guy to go to space to try to find a new place for us to live. There's a Team Zero that goes first and never comes back. And you don't know why they don't come back. So uh, Chris Nolan went and wrote and released a digital comic book called Absolute Zero that tells you the story about Team Zero that never returned. So you see some, you know, Chris Nolan, Tarantino, some of these other mega screenwriters, mega filmmakers using the the transmedia uh, model. But let's say even if they didn't, what you know, Tarantino, Chris Chris Nolan, Nora Ephron, Kevin Smith, any 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 great screenwriter that we look back in the 90s, early 2000s, and the 80s, uh, we look at and we say, well, well, when they broke in, uh, uh, they didn't use transmedia. So maybe later in life, later in my career, I, I can. But here's the thing. Here's the big takeaway and the punchline. I think when we look at our mentors, when we look at our idols, when we look at these, these giants in the industry, we need to look at them primarily to learn craft and principles. And what I mean by that is, of course, we can look at Tarantino's work and learn so much about writing and dialogue and character development. We can look at Chris Nolan's uh, uh, work and understand world building, understand character development, understand non-traditional narrative techniques. We can look at these. Uh, we can look at Aaron Sorkin for dialogue and pacing and character. We can look at these mega giants for craft and principles, and those things will never change. Or at least, if they change, their those those principles are still relevant and and can be tweaked for today. But one of the biggest mistakes I think screenwriters make is simply mapping actions and mapping tactics based on these people that came before us. And what we don't understand and what we don't realize is that the entertainment industry that they were launching into and they were breaking into back in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or even the early 2000s is wildly different than the entertainment industry today. Today's market, for the first time in human history, today's entertainment market is commoditized, which means there's so much supply of entertainment and so much hyper competition that the the audience could never experience it all. The supplies outpace the demand, and that has changed everything about how the industry works. And so, of course, when Tarantino was breaking in, he didn't have to worry about the same things that we worry about. When when Aaron Sorkin or Alan Ball or Nora Ephron were breaking in, they didn't have to have the same considerations, of course. But uh, when we map our actions in the same way that they that they did, following this, their approach to the industry, their philosophy of how to how to break into Hollywood, how to uh, you know successfully establish your content and your IP. When we map those same actions, uh, we're going to get diminishing returns because we're just not playing in the same game. It's it's um, it, it's tough. And 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 in the same way, if you take a 1930s NBA basketball player and put them in today's game, they're probably not going to be successful just because the game has changed so much. Uh, one of my favorite stories is how Steven Spielberg broke into the industry where he, uh, he went and uh, would take the Warner Brothers tour every day and he would hop off the tram and spend three days at a time just walking around Warner Brothers, working odd jobs, helping out on sets, meeting people, networking, and, and he would sleep there. And two or three days later, he would start to smell bad and he would go home, take a shower, uh, get rested up and come back and do the same thing. And he did that over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that was what 
launched him into the industry, uh, and the, the person that he met there, uh, then uh, the executive that he met there encouraged him to ultimately go to film school, but that's how he made his connections. If you look at that and say, ooh, I want to do the same thing, you're going to get tased and arrested and have a restraining order put on you because today's world is different than when Spielberg did that. And it's the same with with the approach to launching IP, especially if you're launching uh, original IP. So just imagine this. Imagine if you want to launch a lemonade stand today and your desire is lemonade and you want to do lemonade and and you have this dream of creating your own lemonade stand and you prep and you read books and you go to school and you're ready to do it and then when you go to launch your lemonade stand in your neighborhood you look around and there's 10,000 other lemonade stands in your neighborhood and not only are there 10,000 other lemonade stands, there's a 1,000 smoothie stands and a few hundred soda stands and uh, several dozen water stations. And you look around and there's this hyper competition. Now, you could go to your parents and say, how did you launch your lemonade stand when you were a kid? And they can tell you how they launched their lemonade stand and they were the only stand um, uh, you know, in their neighborhood, and they did well, and they sold their lemonade for 25 cents a cup, and you can say, okay, cool. Uh, and then if you go to do the same thing, you're not going to get the same results they got, because whereas they were the only one in town, you have hyper competition in your neighborhood. Now, is there nothing we can learn from our parents? Of course, there's something we can learn from our parents. We could actually take their lemonade recipe, and their approach to uh, choosing the right lemons, and, and you know, the particular recipe for how much sugar and how much water and and things like that. We can learn the craft and the art of making the lemonade, but you have to understand that your entire approach and mindset has to be tactically different than your parents in order to survive the market that you're working in. It's not the market that they were in. So this is just a, a common common misunderstanding. And for some reason, screenwriters give me more pushback than anybody because there's still a romanticism that they're holding on to. Every single second that you remain romantic about the film industry and the entertainment industry, someone is going to lap you because they, they better understand the times in which they live. Right? There's this really super interesting story, uh, this Old Testament story in the Bible, actually, about uh, all the tribes of Israel that were being brought together. And this tribe had 10,000 people, and this tribe had 30,000 people, and this tribe had a million people. Uh, and there was a, a, a small uh, tribe called the men of Issachar, and they only had 300 people. But because they understood the times in which they lived— they were able to be just as effective as the people that had 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000 people. Understanding the times in which you live is one of the most vital strategies as a screenwriter, as a creator, as a filmmaker, as a novelist, as a game maker, as a playwright, whoever it is, understanding the times in which you live. Now, does that change the principles of the art? Not necessarily, but your approach to launching the art into the market, your approach to attacking the market, your approach to building audience, all these things have to be different. So you have to understand, guys, that the light bulb was not invented by the continuous improvement of the candle. 
think that's a profound statement. The light bulb was not invented by the continuous improvement of the candle. Candles are awesome. God bless candle makers. Candles are cool. But at some point, someone said, you know what? Uh, we're not going to get the we need we're not going to get the the effect that we need today if we keep doing the same thing and we need uh, uh, to to build something different that gives us a bigger effect using the same principles as before and that's what we need in the entertainment industry and I think that is the super story opportunity so listen guys my encouragement to all of you all uh, especially the screenwriters out there look to your idols look to your mentors look to these mega giants in the industry that came before us stand on their shoulders when it comes to craft and principles and art but keep your feet rooted in today and tomorrow when it comes to strategy tactics and your overall approach to the industry and i think it's going to make a tremendous difference in your careers Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.